It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of Locked On Titans. I'm Joey Morris, joined as always by Terry Lambert. Terry, what's going on tonight? Uh, a lot, apparently. we got some big <laughs> yeah. news. Yeah, so uh, about, I guess an hour, hour and a half ago before we started recording this, uh, all the Richard Matthews stuff happened, so we'll... Uh, We'll walk you through that coming up. Before we do, remind you, we write for MusicityMiracles.com, where we cover the Titans for SB Nation. So you can check us out there. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at JMorrisMCM. Terry's at TLambertFB. Podcast is at LockedOnTitans. And you can get the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Just search out LockedOnTitans, and you'll find us there. Uh, subscribe to the show so that you get the new episodes as soon as they are available. Uh, yeah, so big news tonight. Richard Matthews has apparently left the Titans. Um and in a text message with, I think, Austin Stanley of A to, Z, a to Z Sports basically said that he wasn't happy with the way that he was being used, and so he left. Now, the um, you know he has a contract, obviously, uh, that they will have to work out some kind of settlement with if they're going to cut him. Now, I mean, the Titans would cut him, and I mean, I guess the way, if, it, if the Titans just wanted to straight up cut him for whatever reason, um, they would have to pay him the rest of his salary because of you know the years in the league and all that kind of stuff. But if he if he's the one that left, I'm assuming they will try to negotiate something to where they're not on the hook for all that money. But you know it's just it's been an interesting interesting thing with him. You know it was a weird injury type deal because um, you remember you know the report that Kaharski had back in camp that you know basically Richard Matthews and Derek Morgan had the same injury, right? I mean they both had an MCL. Uh, you know, had had surgery on that. Derek Morgan came back in like three weeks. Richard Matthews, Richard Matthews missed like six months. So that whole thing was kind of weird. Um, but you know, he seemed to be healthy and whatever for for the start of the season. Uh, he, you know, his usage has been down through the first three games. I, I don't know how many times he's been targeted, but um, the last couple of games, Taewon Taylor played either like one less snap or the same number of snaps as him. So it was, it was pretty clear that. Rashard Matthews was not absolutely the number two wide receiver in the offense. But, I mean, I don't know. It's a little bit surprising. I mean, because basically he quit. I mean, let's, let's call it what it is. He quit on the team. If he's not happy with his role and he decided that because of that he was going to leave, that's that's quitting on the team. I'm, I'm a little bit surprised to see that. Um, it's not something that you see every day. I mean, we were talking about before we came on if we'd ever seen it before or not. And I can't think of a time where something like this has happened. But it's just it, it, it's a bizarre deal. Yeah, six targets through uh, three games. So, and part of that, part of that's the offense. You know, it's really dumbed down right now, uh, considering all the injuries to, to Marcus Mariota and then you know Blaine Gabbert kind of the handicap in the offense. But uh, still, a far cry from where it usually is. Um, pretty good over the last couple of years here. Uh, really reliable. Just just a rock solid number two receiver. Uh, kind of bridged the gap uh, for this franchise that needed someone to bridge the gap. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I was kind of chalking this up to Richard getting kind of in shape. Uh, didn't really get didn't get any time in training camp. Uh, you always saw him on the side working out or something like that. But I, I just thought it, it, it'd take him some time to work back into the offense. Uh, apparently that's not the case. So Tajay Sharp uh, was playing ahead of him. Has has seen significant playing time. Uh, not so much for Richard. So weird. Weird deal. I mean, this guy was was a really good player, um, and you know, as as late as last year. So, uh, really shocked to see this happen. 
Yeah, and, and I saw somebody on Twitter say something along the lines of, you know, receivers never work out for the Titans. I don't. I mean, you can't say Richard Matthews didn't work out. You know, I mean, they got him for a really good deal. Um, he's been productive in his time here uh, up until this year. Uh, I mean, was the most consistent receiver on the team for the last two years. So, I mean, definitely not not a signing that didn't work out. But the whole thing has just been weird lately. And, you know, you were talking about before we came on, I mean, he had another Instagram post back in January that made it seem like he was done here at the time. And then he came back, and, and then, like I said, all the offseason, all that stuff that went on. Um, you know, and I don't know what happened today because, like you said, I mean, it's hard to look at target numbers in the offense through the first three weeks and really draw much of a conclusion from that because they weren't, like I said, it was dumbed down. They're not throwing the ball much. They're trying to take care of the ball run the ball, all that kind of stuff. I think it's going to be different now that everybody's healthy. But, you know, maybe they just – maybe he saw the game plan they were installing today and it didn't feature him or he was told that he was – I mean, I don't know. He's going to be an active world. We're speculating at this point. But it, it seems like something happened today that made him, I guess, see that the writing was on the wall and that's why he decided to leave. I don't, I don't understand it. I don't understand how it sets him up better because, I, I mean, I don't think he's done – so, you know, it seems like he'd be better off staying here, being a good teammate, all that kind of stuff, before, you know, trying to trying to catch on somewhere next year versus walking out like he is and, you know, trying to catch on somewhere this year. Now, I mean, I think if they can, you know, negotiate a, a thing where he's, he's free to sign with somebody else, I mean, somebody else is going to give him a shot because he was really productive last year. But I, it's just, I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I hate when things end like this. And, again, it just really feels like, you know, I mean, he's quitting on the team. He was a guy that they were at least somewhat counting on, maybe not as much as we thought. But, I don't know, it just still doesn't seem like the right thing to do to walk away. So, you know, looking ahead now, uh, without Richard, uh, this receiver group is razor thin. And so you're relying on a guy, Corey Davis, who we're, we're high on. Y'all know that. Uh, but, you know, we'll even we'll tell you, he hasn't had a good history with injuries. You know, he he's had a hamstring problem, uh, even dating back to what was it last week. Uh, so I'm worried there. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that can he can handle, uh, you know, ten to to twelve to fifteen targets a game if he has to. Uh, it's just a matter of staying healthy, and, and until he proves that, I'll always be worried about that. Behind him, you're looking at Taewon Taylor. A guy who struggled to get on the field last year. Um, to his credit, things seemed to be picking up for him. Uh, he, he was playing a lot more uh, and really kind of unseated Richard on the on the depth chart there. And uh, the same can be said for Tajay Sharp. You know, Tajay's just not not very exciting. He is what he is. He's he's the number four receiver in this league. He's he's going to slot in at the number three spot for the Titans. Beyond that, I mean, it's kind of a wasteland. You got Darius Jennings, you've got Nick Williams there. It's just not real exciting. I think you're going to hear a lot uh, tomorrow about potentially adding a, a receiver. Maybe not from from the Titans themselves, but from the fans. Uh, you're going to hear Des Bryant's name floated out there. And look, I I, I just don't get that one. You know, if, if Rashard is unhappy with his role in this offense, how is Des Bryant going to react? when he catches two balls a game. You know, I, I just don't think that goes well. Um, not to say they won't sign one, but I just don't see the Titans going down that route. No, I don't think so either. And I don't think, you know, honestly at this point, I'm not sure what Des Bryant would bring to this offense that that Rashard Matthews couldn't. I mean, I, I'm not saying that, you know, for the for the bulk of their careers that 
that Des and, and Richard are the same. But, you know, there's a reason Des Bryant's not on a team. And, it, you know, obviously he had some really good years, but you saw him struggle to uh, to get open last year. That was an issue for him. And so, I mean, I just think that – I just that just that, that doesn't make any sense to me. So I, I don't see that happening either. Um, you know, here's interesting. When you look at – trying to do some quick math here and talk at the same time. It's not easy for me. Um, so last year – and I'm getting this from football guys, so hopefully this is accurate. Um, the There were – 483 it looks like total targets in the passing game um now you, with Richard Matthews being gone with Delaney Walker being out you're down 198 of those 483 targets are gone now out the door also take into consideration that Eric Decker got 83 targets so that's another you know so you're looking at, at almost 300 targets of 483 that are gone from last year to this year um, so just interesting, and look, I mean, I think that the ceiling for Taewon Taylor is higher than definitely than Eric Decker, who's an idiot and you know made some <laughs> stupid comments today, and I wish he would just go away. But um, it's definitely higher for him. I think it, at this point, it's probably higher for Taewon Taylor. The ceiling is than, than Rashard Matthews. But again, it's just a, it's a, it's a big adjustment um, when you look at you know the difference is from the guys that are catching the ball last year versus this year you also had five targets combined between Harry Douglas and Eric Weems um but we'll you know move on from that and really I mean DeMarco Murray got 47 targets too so basically all the targets from last year are gone um so it's just it's it's a completely new pass catching group um through people being gone and injuries and I mean you're in a new offense so I mean you expect some turnover and that kind of stuff but yeah looking forward Nick Williams is going to have to play a role on this team right and I mean Look, he he looked good in the preseason. I thought he did some good things. Now, you know, if if Nick Williams is the guy that you're really counting on to, you know, get open and make dynamic plays, I think you're in a little bit of trouble because that's just not what he's going to do. But like you said, now, even more so now, it's on Corey Davis to be the guy that they drafted him to be at number five. And I, I think he's developing into that. I don't think he's there yet. But at least you feel a little bit better about that you know, now than you would have maybe even, you know, after week one. Yeah, 24 targets for Corey Davis through three weeks. That's double uh, what anyone else on the team has. Uh, so, Titans are telling you where their passing game is going through. Uh, and, the, you, you know, you talk about replacing all those targets. I think Deion Lewis get, gets a bigger bump here. Uh, yeah, that, sure. that, that might not be a name that you de- default to when we're talking about Richard Matthews and replacing those that production. Uh, but he's great in the passing game. Uh, can do a lot of different things. So I, I wonder if they don't cre- get creative with him uh, just in the short term, maybe lining him up in the slot, doing some different things. It's a guy that can win in the in the short area, uh, maybe can can produce some things out of the slot. So uh, that's worth noting there. And then, you know, obviously replacing Delaney Walker. I haven't seen much out of Johnny Smith yet. Uh, I, I don't know if he's ready. You know, we kind of speculated on that when, when Delaney went down. Uh, but expecting him to, to play some sort of role here. Um, that's a guy that, that Mike Malarkey and Terry Rubisky split out wide. Uh, so I, I just wonder if you see a little bit of that because the names on, on this free agent market, they're not good. Um, so I, I don't know where you'd go. Maybe maybe John Robinson has something in mind. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just uh, I, I, I wonder how much Robinson knew. I, I wonder if he was – kind of if if he knew about this situation and i just wonder if he's got some sort of plan in place to replace him 
Well, and I mean, it might be why they brought Nick Williams back two weeks ago. You know, I, so. I mean, that, that honestly could have been part of it. But yeah, like you said, I mean, when you're in week what four of an NFL season, guys that are on, they're not on teams, they're not on teams for a reason. So yeah, you're never going to look at the free agent market and feel really good about what might be available out there. So I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm not sure. Um, really honestly how much of an effect this has like we said we hadn't seen much from Richard Matthews but we had just kind of talked that up to b- b- the way the offense had been him trying to work himself back into shape all that type of stuff so I don't know it's, it's going to be interesting and, and we're going to have some guys step up um, there's a lot of there's a lot of potential targets available out there now and like you said guys like Corey Davis Jonu Smith Deion Lewis I mean those, those are all guys that are going to need to step up and like I said we've seen positive things from from Corey Davis Deion Lewis is good. We know that. Don't know about Jonu. So, I mean, just we, we need those guys to, to really step in and fill those roles if this offense is going to be, you know, kind of what we all thought or, or hoped it could be heading into the season. All right, that'll do it for that discussion. Coming up, we'll talk a little bit about um, the injury report from practice today. A lot of good news on the Titans front. Uh, before we do that, I'll tell you about my bookie. They're sponsoring the podcast again, and we appreciate them for doing that. Uh, you know, we say it all the time, where you bet, it's just as important, if not more important, than who you bet on. And my bookie, they've been around for a long time. They've been in business. Their whole thing is you play, you win, you get paid. You don't have to do the whole run around chasing them. If you win, they're going to pay out your money. Uh, they have a great mobile site. It's just easy to use. It's their desktop site. You don't have to download an app or anything like that. Running a deal for Locked On listeners. If you use the promo code Locked On 25 and you make your deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern time, uh, they're going to give you a $25 free play on top of the deposit that you make. They're also going to match your first deposit up to $1,000 dollar for dollar. So um, anything, if you make a deposit over $100, you're getting that match. You're getting an extra $25 on top of that. Again, that's if you use the promo code LOCKEDON25. So visit MyBookie to search out MyBookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. Wait till after 7 p.m. Eastern time to make your deposit. Get the extra free play with the promo code LOCKEDON25. You play, you win, you get paid. Matt Williamson brings the scouts perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah, that's what threw a couple nuggets out on Allen. And I know he's a lot bigger a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted, and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws, but his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so the injury report was actually a whole lot more positive today than I was expecting it to be. Uh, obviously, starting with Marcus Mariota, I mean, he was, you know, I, I think he was listed as a full participant in practice. We know he's going to start at this point. Blaine Gabbert is probably the, the most, the guy that's he's still in the concussion protocol. He wasn't out there today. Uh, doubt he's going to be ready. We talk about how they, they signed Austin Davis. Um, you know, he's, he's probably going to be the backup on Sunday. But um, I guess we haven't talked about that because we did the Eagles show last night. So they signed Austin Davis on Tuesday. Um, you know, again, guys that are available in week four, you're not going to be really excited about the prospects of them. But he'll be the backup quarterback on Sunday. Um, 
but Marcus it appears to be getting better. Uh, you know, they they have said that at some point the numbness, the not having a feeling, will go away. He said today that he can tie his shoe now, which he apparently couldn't do last week. So that's you know a, a signs in the, pointing in the right direction. Um, so feel good about that. Jack Conklin was listed as full practice. Uh, Vrabel was pretty positive in his comments about him after practice. So I, I think we can expect to see his season debut against the Eagles. And then Dory Jackson, who suffered a concussion in the Jaguars game, practiced today. Now, same deal like we talked about last week with Taylor Lewan. Uh, he still has to go get cleared by that independent doctor as, as kind of the final step in the concussion protocol. But all signs point to him being able to do that. So, you know, a guy that we weren't really planning on having um, this week, Dory, looks like he's going to be able to play. And that's really big against this Eagles passing attack. So obviously huge news with with Mariota, but I think Conklin, uh, just just the final piece of this puzzle to the to the offensive line. Uh, you, you know, if it doesn't happen this week, don't panic. This is a really good Eagles front. Uh, you know, coming off of of an ACL injury, uh, I wouldn't expect him to be maybe at his best. Uh, so if it doesn't go well, Titans don't run the ball. I I wouldn't panic. It's going to take those those five time. Uh, new offensive system, and it's really the, the first time that they're getting to work together. But uh, for Mariota, you know, we've seen this offense kind of hide the quarterback the last two weeks. Uh, even when Marcus was in the game, not a lot of uh, not a lot of deep drops. You know, keeping it short, getting the ball out of his hand quick. I think you'll know when Marcus is a hundred percent. I think you'll know when they start pushing the ball down the field. Uh, when they start asking Mario to take some deep drops, to hang in the pocket, uh, do do some stuff like that, I, I think you'll, I think it'll be apparent. Uh, so I'm I'm really interested to see what the game plan is. I, I want to see if they go short or if it looks like more of a traditional, uh, you know, five step, seven step drop, stuff like that. Uh, you know, getting through his progression and letting a rip back there. So uh, again, excited to see this offense really for the first time at full strength. So maybe we'll get that on Sunday. Yeah, like you said, it'll just be nice to see them feature the quarterback instead of having to hide him. So, um, you know, a lot, a lot of positive stuff there. And I guess the guys that didn't practice today, obviously, Richard Matthews, we know how that's played out now. Uh, Dennis Kelly still out after uh, the illness that had him in the hospital a couple of weeks ago. So don't know if he'll be available. Again, his availability is not – as crucial if Conklin is back. Uh, the other thing that I don't think we talked about was Kevin Pamphiel going on IR uh, when they signed Austin Davis. And apparently he had a torn bicep that he played through on Sunday, played 100% of the snaps, but then they uh, they, they put him on injured reserve um, after that game. But again, with you know all signs pointing to Conklin being ready to go when, when they're going to do something like that. Uh, David Fluellen still out of practice. Um, he's had the, the groin injury that's kept him out the last couple of weeks. Uh, Kamalai Correa was back. It looks like he's going to be able to play. So getting a little bit of the, the, the depth back at outside linebacker, obviously a good thing. So uh, things are in the in the health department are trending in a good direction, which is a good thing to say because that's not something that we've been able to say at all throughout the, the early part of this season. Uh, real quick on the, on the Eagles front, uh, it looks like Alshon Jeffrey has been cleared for contact. He had the shoulder injury. Uh, he was full, listed as full practice today, so I would assume we will see him. Uh, Jay Ajaye and Darren Sproles. Uh, Ajaye missed last week's game. Darren Sproles has missed the last two games. Uh, both of those guys didn't practice today. 
but I think you were saying before we jumped on that uh, there, there's been win that those guys are going to play. It's just Wednesday, so they may be holding them out till a little bit later in the week. But, I mean, it looks like we may be seeing two teams that are at pretty close to full strength, and that just, that'll make the game more fun to watch. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, it's it's bad news for your Titans fan because the Eagles, they've been kind of a shell of themselves these last couple of weeks playing with uh, Nick Foles and, and, you know, Corey Clement and Wendell Smallwood and a bunch of backup running backs. So uh haven't really been playing with any receivers. It's been strange to watch. They, they've had Nelson Aguilar out there uh, eating up targets. Zach Ertz, of course, eating up targets. And Dallas Goddard, the rookie uh, tight end. So really going to get the first glimpse of the Eagles uh, at full strength, you know, Carson Wentz coming off the ACL injury, beat the Colts last week. Uh, gets a, a little tougher test, uh, I think, in our opinion, uh, on the road in Nashville. So uh, this is shaping up to be a really interesting one with some stars back in the lineup. Yeah, absolutely. So coming up, we'll talk a little bit about some matchups kind of quickly uh, in this game that we'll be watching out for, uh, like, you, like we're saying, with the Eagles being pretty much back at full strength, same with the Titans. All right, so, you know, I, I think the thing that we're going to be watching early on is going to be both quarterbacks, right? And and you were saying before we came on, you're going to know early on with Marcus Mariota where he is. Are they going to throw the ball down the field? And if they do throw the ball down the field, what does it look like? Um, because, I, I mean, I think they took they took like one shot in the game against the, Jackson, against the Jaguars on Sunday. And it was incomplete. I don't remember. Did they get a penalty? It was a, it was the penalty, right, on Corey Davis. Uh, Bouye held him or whatever. Um, but the ball didn't necessarily look great. Uh, so we'll see if they're willing to take those shots early in the game. Because, I mean, I, I think the Eagles probably come into this game under the impression that it's going to be like last week. They're going to try to keep running the, you know, intermediate to underneath stuff. And so I think the Eagles will come in with a game plan centered around that. And so, obviously, it'll be early in the game. The Titans would want to try to take advantage of that when the Eagles are not expecting it. So I think we're going to get a good idea of where Marcus is based on how many shots they take down the field in the first couple of drops. Yeah, and look, the the deal here is stopping this pass rush because the Eagles' front is absolutely nasty. Uh, Chris Long, Brandon Graham, you know, you got Fletcher Cox there in the middle. They rotate in Michael Bennett and Derek Barnett. Uh, so really deep, uh, they stay fresh, they really can get after the passer. So uh, Matt LaFleur's game plan is going to have to reflect that. It's going to have to he's going to have to stick with a lot of the uh, the quick game mentality uh, to, to ensure that Mariota doesn't get hurt. Uh, I I think they have a, a beatable secondary. You know, you saw Ryan Fitzpatrick light him up. He's been lighting up everybody, uh, but he got him uh, down there in Tampa Bay. So. This secondary can be beaten. I, I think it just comes down to whether or not this Titans offensive line can protect Marcus Mariota. Yeah, and, you know, their front might be better than Jacksonville's front. Now, their back end is not as good as what you have in Jacksonville. But like you said, it's, and it's even that much more scary uh, with the prospects of, of Marcus getting hit. And I think there was a stat today, uh, maybe from PFF, I think the Eagles lead the league, or at least they're in the top two or three, in you know times they've hit the quarterback through three games, um, so the Titans have only let the they let their quarterback get hit seven times. But again, a lot of that's a product of not throwing very much, and when they do, you know, three steps and out. So um, we'll see kind of how that plays out. But again, you feel better with Jack Conklin out there than you would whoever else would be at right tackle. 
As far as with the Titans' defense, I mean, like I said, if the Eagles are at full strength, you're obviously a little bit more worried about their offense. I mean, you saw they won the Super Bowl last year. They obviously had a, had a good offense. Um, they're better, obviously, with Alshon being, being at full strength there. Uh, Nelson Aguilar. You know, the, the Titans have been susceptible to the deep ball uh, early in the season, Malcolm Butler especially. Didn't really see the Jaguars, you know, trying to take much advantage of that. I, I think you will see the Eagles do that. Do they take those shots to Aguilar? I mean, I guess the guy that's the guy they would try to get over the top because Alshon's a good receiver, but he's not exactly a burner. So, um, you, you know, we'll just see how 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 the Titans can they get a pass rush to make Carson Wentz uncomfortable when they get to him? Can they bring him down because he's a guy that obviously is very good extending plays, getting outside the pocket, can make plays with his legs too, but he's more likely to extend a play to look to throw the ball down the field. So it'll be a big big game for the pass rush. Are they able to make Wentz uncomfortable? And then can the guys cover down the field and not give up the big shots like they did in the first couple of weeks? Yeah, totally agree with everything there. I'll add in Zach Ertz. You know, it, yeah. it, he's kind of easy to forget about, but that guy's got by far the most targets on the team, 33 targets already. Uh, you know, he's whoever's playing quarterback, he's, he's their favorite target. Uh, and then you throw in the rookie, Dallas Goddard. Uh, you know, a lot of mock drafts had the Titans taking a tight end. That was the name you saw pop up there. Eagles ended up getting them, and, and they formed an, a really interesting duo there. Uh, two big physical guys that can run. So uh, mismatches everywhere, matchup problems everywhere. You throw in Alshon, you know, you pr- replace Kamar Aiken in the lineup with Alshon Jeffrey. That's a big deal. Uh, so I, I expect Aguilar to work plenty underneath uh you know maybe you take some shots down the field now that that Wentz is back in the lineup but uh lots of playmakers uh Darren Sproles that's another one uh that they're going to target a lot out of the backfield you know dump offs screens and stuff like that uh, and then of course Jay Ajayi is going to be their workhorse so uh plenty of mouths to feed in this offense they can come at you in a bunch of different ways very multiple uh but Zach Ertz Dallas Goddard I think it's going to be a big day for Kenny Vaccaro uh, Kevin Byer, Jayon Brown, guys like that, guys that are going to be cover- covering those guys in the middle of the field. Uh, so I think that's where the game is going to be won, and won or lost. Yeah, and, you know, it presents an interesting matchup. I don't know that it's a problem, but it's a matchup issue when you've got, er- like, Ertz and uh, Sproles or Ertz, Goddard, and Sproles all on the field at the same time. Now, I think the Titans are a little bit better to equip, better equipped to take that on right now uh, with, you know, with Kenny Vaccaro versus Jonathan Cyprian back there. I mean, Bayard and Vaccaro are a little bit more interchangeable and can do similar things, more similar than what than when you had Jonathan Cyprian back there. But like you're saying, you know, you're going to be counting on all three of those guys in Vaccaro, Bayard, and J.R. Brown to be good in coverage against those three guys. So, because um, the, the you know the corners are going to have their hands full with, with the receivers, so it, it's going to be an interesting game to watch. Uh, I, I think this is probably pretty easily the best offense the Titans have faced so far this year. Um, you know the, the Texans have you know Deshaun Watson and and DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller, but they don't have a whole lot in the passing game outside of that. And and you know Deshaun Watson is not back to a hundred percent, or at least he wasn't when the Titans faced him and. Their offensive line is terrible. The Eagles have a good offensive line. So this is going to be the biggest test the defense has faced so far. And so, you know, they've been winning games, ugly, low scoring, kicking field goals at the end. I, I don't see them being able to grind out this game and win it that way. If they're going to win this game, they're going to have to put up some points. 
So I, I think that's you know all the more reason that you need Marcus as close to 100% as he can possibly be. I, yeah, and I'll throw in, you know, this is just the second game back for Wentz. So you come off an ACL, you don't go through training camp. It's going to take you time to get back into that rhythm. We saw, saw it with uh, Deshaun Watson. He seems to be kind of coming along there. If if Watson had an offensive line, I think he'd be lethal. Uh, but I, I think you're going to see the same thing with Wentz. So uh, just not much work yet. Uh, he's going to have to figure it out as the season goes. I'm sure he will. I'm not sure he figures it out in week two. So maybe this offense isn't quite as potent as what you saw it uh, down the stretch last year because they were absolutely rolling. Uh, I mean, they were demolishing people uh, before he went down. So uh, there, there's your your glimmer of hope there. I, I still uh, I, I'm hesitant to to go Titans there. I, I think the Titans will cover. It, it, this money's flown in on the Eagles. It lines up to four and a half. I think it's a close game. I don't think we have any reasons to to doubt that. But this is a really good defensive front. Uh, for me, That that's the problem uh, in my mind over the Eagles offense. It's that defense. I'm, I'm just not sure this offense is going to be ready uh, to move the ball consistently against that front. Yeah, like you said, I mean, obviously it would have been more ideal to face Nick Foles. But if you're going to have to face Carson Wentz, you'd rather face him earlier than later uh, in, in the part of his comeback. So, um, yeah, we'll see how it plays out. But, again, and listen, if they lose this game, it's not the end of the world. Uh, they're 2-1 and one in, in, honestly, a situation where they have no business being 2-1. and one. Um, So you don't want to see them go out and get boat raced. But at the same time, if they play a competitive game and lose, it's not the end of the world. You're 2-2. Two and two, You're going to Buffalo next week, a game that you absolutely should win. Um, and, and like we talked about a little bit earlier in this week, the schedule lightens up a little bit from here. So, um I don't know. It's going to be fun. It's always fun. You got the defending Super Bowl champions coming to your to your house, um, so it's it's a it'll be a good atmosphere. Hopefully, the Titans fans will show up. Um, I've heard from a couple of different places. Uh, the the guy that we were on with last night unlocked on Eagles, and then I heard Sal Palantonio on the midday one eighty today talking about how there's a lot of Eagles fans that are making the trip down here. So it'll be interesting to see how that split goes. But I think there will be. Uh, a, a higher contingent of Titans fans out there than there have been the last couple of years. So it'll be good to see that atmosphere. Anyway, that'll do it for us for this week. Uh, check out MusicCityMiracles.com. We'll have a lot more leading up into this game. Uh, our boy Mike's writing something up right now as we speak about the wide receiver usage with Richard Matthews apparently being out of the mix. So you can check that out. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at MCM. Terry's at TLambertFB. And just search on the podcast Locked on Titans wherever you get your podcasts. So thanks, thanks for listening to Locked on Titans. For Terry, this is Jimmy saying have a good week, and we will talk to you on Sunday night. Thanks for listening to the Locked on Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked on Podcast Network for your favorite college team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app, and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.